You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and owner of Dylan Murphy Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice helping women make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. We welcome all foods over here, from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. Hey, Deanna, welcome to Food Freedom Podcast. Hey, Dylan, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, this will be so fun. I've been looking forward to this. Um, And I feel like it was like this time last year we met in person at Icon Live. I was just looking at the date and I was like, I feel like we were there this time last year. I know. I remember seeing you in the room and being like, I want to be friends with you. So here Perfect. We are. Yes, friends. Um, well, for people who don't know you, um, could you take a minute and just introduce yourself? I know you recent. Well, maybe not so recently. Now moved to DC, but yeah, tell me a little about you. Sure. I think um, you can find me. I'm Deanna Wolf. I've been mm-hmm. a dietitian for a while now. You can find me at Dietitian Deanna on Instagram. I have been basically taking my Instagram community on my journey of disordered eating, body acceptance, and my personal and business growth. I honestly was a, a pioneer, you know, one of the first dietitians I think that were on Instagram sharing, yeah. not being an expert, but just being transparent in that I have struggled just like a lot of women with food and with my body. And I just feel like I'm very open and honest. And I, and that's why I think my audience really trusts me with sound non-diet nutrition advice and regular inspiration every day. So yeah, that's where I share most things at. And I think that's it. Yeah. I know. I feel like that's how I know you too, like dietitian Deanna, like people's (laughs) Instagram handles. It's like how I know them now, (laughs) but it's a great, it's like very, I mean, I guess I could do that too. Dietitian Dylan. (laughs) has a good ring to it. Yes. Um, well, yeah. Tell me a little then about just like your story, even like getting into nutrition or even like your just personal history with food. Cause I know, like you said, you're super open about that with your audience. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear a little more about that. I thought I wanted to be a doctor and then I took OCHEM in college and rethought that quickly, but yeah, Honestly, I had always been, I went to the University of Pittsburgh and I had, I didn't know anything about dietetics or that was even a field, which I think most people agree with. Yeah. Um, but I had seen, you know, if you know my story, I did have an eating disorder in high school and I had seen, you know, obviously I did outpatient, had seen a dietitian, therapist, had my, you know, physician who specialized in it. Um, and had always been inspired by her, right? I just didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. And then when I went to college, I really loved science, but I also knew I loved, you know, writing and journaling and, you know, communications and things like that. So I was kind of torn and I went into school with a, like a mixed major of business and pre-med, um, Mm. which is funny. I feel like I use all the same tools that, 
like all of my passions that I first started out with mm. now with kind of what I do every day. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I'd gotten into it. Just obviously, you know, wanting, I think how a lot of dietitians get into it, honestly, yeah. like wanting to know exactly how to eat perfectly. Um, and like having that be something that fueled me, but now many years later, looking back and realizing that it's my passion to help others who were exactly where I was many years ago and to be able to use it in that way instead of, um, you know, how damaging it can be when you know too much about nutrition and use it in a negative way. Cause I have a lot of clients who are like, I know <laughs> the exact calorie count. I still don't know how to eat or how to not feel guilt and all of that. So yeah, I feel very blessed with what I get to do mm. every day. Yeah. It is interesting, like as dietitians and even thinking back to like what we learn in school, like it's all focused on like calories and weight loss and just like very extreme measures. Like it's almost like we learn how to just put people on diets or help them like create disordered eating habits. Like this is messed up. Yeah. I, re I still remember being in one of our labs and having to like having a partner and us measuring each other's like taking each other's measurements which yes I don't know if they do that anymore like I don't really need to know the measurements of any of my clients for them to be healthy so no. I'm like I was so stressed out after that I was like oh is my waist to hip ratio perfect and yes yes and like Tricep yes, skin fold. I remember doing that. I don't know why that I remember doing that. It's like that a little like clamper. I'm like, why yeah, do I need to know this? Uh, um, so you mentioned something which is interesting because I see a lot of clients with this too, where they come and they, it's like they're almost dietitians themselves. They like know everything there is about nutrition. But I think side note, some of it may be from Google or random sources. So who knows if it's true or not. But what do you typically do in those situations to help clients or just, you know, people on Instagram prospects to really like find that balance of like unlearning things that maybe aren't true or maybe if they are true that just aren't helpful, like knowing the calories in a tablespoon of peanut butter or things like that. Like what are some things you may do to help someone unlearn those things? Yeah, I think there's a lot of information out there that can get really overwhelming for somebody that does have disordered eating tendencies. And the more that social media is out there, we see more disordered eating, right? So it's even becoming more prevalent. Um, and, you know, we work with a lot of clients, right? I mean, I just think it is becoming very prevalent in our society these days. Um, honestly, I have a three phase framework that I work with clients through. The first phase is really rewiring your brain about food and your body. And how can you think about food in a positive way? Calories are no longer negative that are, you know, sewing your clothes smaller or whatever those thoughts are that calories are bad. And, you know, this high fat food is bad. It, you need to reframe it to think, okay, what is calories? What are calories at the end of the day? Energy. What is metabolism? Like understanding some of that science that I think people are scared of their metabolisms because they, they don't, they just don't understand it. They just don't understand that metabolism is literally taking everything that you're eating, just processing it into energy and just, you know, having it come out in a new way with new thoughts. Um, 
And then the second phase of my program. So it's rewiring all those thoughts about calories. food, And then the second phase is like, okay, you know, you're starting to reintroduce some foods, not all foods at once. I think that can be really overwhelming too, but how can you make meals that are more balanced instead of it being ounces here, grams here, you know, and just like coming up a level to like, instead of like this nitty gritty of grams and, you know, micronutrients and everything to a higher level of just like balance and less stress. Um, then in phase two, we work on like body image, like how to overcome body dysmorphia, how to respect your body, how to maybe not get to body love, but body neutrality. And then the third phase, that's when I finally bring in, you know, nutrition, right? It's yeah. like, yeah. you have to work through those first two phases in order to feel like you know how to eat again. So that's basically how I go through that with clients because I agree most people just it's they if they, if it's not either on a meal plan or it's not in a perfect calorie range or you know something they've always eaten that they feel comfortable with it feels really out of control or you know they're like I literally have no idea what to eat so it's all of those steps that have to get you to that place of being like okay how can I you know, there's different questions that you ask yourself when you're an intuitive eater before a meal instead of when you're dieting and always trying to, you know, diet or restrict or restrict and overeat, right? Like usually when you're dieting, it's like, how many calories is this? Um, you know, will this make me thinner? Like those types of questions are potentially what you're asking yourself or how much longer can I go until I eat? Yeah. Um, and with intuitive eating, it's like, okay, do I have calls for the next three hours? Do I need to, you know, make sure that I'm not starving, you know, in five hours and how can I be satisfied and how can this give me energy, you know, and if I'm too emotional right now, you know, can I do something that helps that instead of feeling like food is going to help that? So tons of tidbits there. I feel like that are really good to take away. <laughs> yeah, no, all of that's so good. And because I think through the phases you talked through, like, I think if someone comes to a dietitian, I see this a lot with clients, like they expect that we're going to just immediately dive into nutrition, like carbs, fat, protein, like just, you know, nutrition 101. And it's so interesting that that's usually like the last thing we talk about, or maybe it's like sprinkled in there, but it's like, okay, we probably need to talk more about like unlearning toxic things that you've learned from our culture or body image. And then once you can like see more clearly, we can talk about the nutrition stuff. Cause then they're able to understand, like, I see why carbs are important. Like I don't need to fear them. And now I can learn more how to like incorporate them in my day-to-day -day life. Nailed it. So what would you say? Like, I think a big thing too, is what you're talking about is the shift that comes of like how diets in short really can just control your life. Like all the questions that come up of like, can I have this? Is this going to make me thin? Is this going to do this? Like all these questions and considerations. And so what are some of the shifts you see when people like start to let go of that and move more towards that food freedom? Mm -hmm. Because I think that can be huge, but I know too with clients and just anyone in general, like it can be so scary to walk away from diets. But I think when they can see like what could lie on the other side, it's like, Oh, like that's the life I want. Um, yeah. So kind of how would you describe almost like, I guess, how would you describe food freedom in a sense? I can think of two clear examples from clients um, just this past week who were making really great success. And this past week we worked on, 
you know, hunger and fullness and, you know, you know, instead of doing, instead of tracking your food on my fitness pal, just kind of write down your, your, you know, where you are on the hunger fullness scale before and after and what were, what were in those meals, you know, because the key with intuitive eating too, is not perfection every time, which can be hard. Most of people like me and that I work with are perfectionists really hard on ourselves. Other people can gain weight, but we can't, right? It's like, we're all, other people can eat a bagel. We can't, it's, we're always the exception to the rule. Um, but one is not thinking of snacks and meals as needing to have X amount of calories, even thinking of your day if needed to be, you know, all meals or all snacks, right? Like instead of being like, well, snacks can only have this amount of calories because I have to save my calories for later on. It's like, what if you actually made that snack a little bigger, like more balanced so that you're not just starving all day long and then, you know, hoarding, hoarding things into the night or overeating, right? I think a lot of women, even myself, when I first started out, like couldn't hear my hunger cues or really suppress them, right? We have been dieting for our whole lives, potentially most people. Um, and we don't know what hunger feels like anymore. And we don't know what fullness feels like unless we're either under eating or overeating. Right. So like really tapping into that and feeling. So the best thing I can say is not having, you know, I had a client say, wow, I, I would never order like a whole Panera salad plus the soup, you know, and a cookie or like, and she was like, it was just too many calories, but I, I ordered it, I ate it and realized, you know, and then later on I realized, wow, I don't need that snack or, you know, there's just every day can be different and it doesn't have to be the same X calories at a snack versus a meal. And can you think of snacks? I like to call them small meals. Like you make sure that they're balanced too. Like snacks for me aren't just, sometimes they are like a a bag of chips, right? But it's like, kind of combining things too as well. So it feels a little bit better, but that's the gentle nutrition part, right? You have to normalize foods first. Um, and then the second part of that was allowing foods in your house, having food in your house and being confident that you can eat them when you want and not feeling like, well, I can't have peanut butter in my house or I can't have cereal or trail mix or chips or, you know, like allowing yourself to have those foods. And maybe you just start with one food and you introduce that with your lunch, you know, with your salad or sandwich you normally eat and make it. So it's, you know, not just you being like, okay, I think I'm going to try chips today, you know, like giving people a pattern that they can follow to reintroduce foods and then normalizing those foods. So I have a lot of clients being like, I, used to love Oreos or Pop-Tarts and I bought them and I have them in my cupboard now and I want have them when I want, but it's not like this forbidden fruit anymore. So that can be a really powerful part of the journey. Um, so I think those are two kind of main things I see is just those changes in people. Mm. Yeah. And the forbidden food I feel like is huge because I see that so often where people, like, I think people just want to like camp out there of like, I just, I can't have Oreos in the house. I can't have peanut butter. I can't have these foods. And oftentimes it's because they have these past experiences of, you know, I was on this crazy diet and then I got sick of the diet and I binged on the peanut butter or the Oreos or, you know, went through Krispy Kreme drive through. So I feel like our job as dietitians is helping them like regain confidence. Like I can have Oreos at home and eat maybe just one and move on. Or maybe I eat three 
And because I think also one of the shifts is like the guilt that they felt after it when they're dieting, because it's like, I eat this Oreo, I did this bad thing. Now I need to go compensate or diet starts tomorrow versus food freedom. It's like you eat the Oreo, you enjoy it, you move on. But yeah, that can be, I found very empowering for clients too, just the confidence with food. Um, I would love to talk a little about social media because I feel like you have a great presence on social media. And like you said, it sounds like you've like when, how long have you been on, I guess, using your social media for like, how long have you been dietitian Deanna? (laughs) In totality, five years. Okay. More focused on my actual like business and offerings. Um, I would say two, two and a half years. And I think it's so good because I think Instagram, I mean, it can be a great resource for people, but it can also be filled with like crazy diet nonsense. Um, So what would you say, even like with your personal Instagram, I guess your business Instagram, like what is, like when people come to your page, like what do you hope they see? Like what's your goal with that? That's a genius question. (laughs) I hope they can come to my page every day and find inspiration. And this is honestly just, I'm spitting out what people tell me, Um, but find inspiration to not feel like they have to follow rules. I think a lot of other accounts will say, I don't eat this because, or, you know, you you should eat this because, um, and just, and I think people come to my page because I share like real life. So if they can see just like the ups and downs too, I don't share that I'm a perfect eater either. I share that I overeat at times or when I have bad day, you know, bad body image days. Um, So I think it's just like transparent, real life inspiration, not so curated because I don't like watching that. Um, So I think walking away with just, like you said, confidence that their body can uh, handle calories, right? And I have a lot of journal prompts in my program, but one of my favorite is like, if you feel like you, if you feel guilt from overeating or something that you feel like, you know, is, is bad, it's not saying, oh, I'm terrible. It's I'm learning to blank, right? Yeah, like, I am learning point. to do this. And, you know, you're not going to be an expert at day one. You know, if you scroll back in my feed, I have a lot of posts and I'm like, why did I post yes. that? And, you know, and even if you scroll back, I pivoted, you know, a few years ago too, as well. I, you know, used to kind of feel like fitness was my like MO. Um, but realizing that that was unhealthy too, I kind of traded like my recovery into kind of a fitness focus. And I don't Mm. feel like that was true food freedom that I have today too, as well. So long-winded answer, but I'm hoping just the inspiration that life isn't perfect. And I like to share, like, I like to share behind the scenes of like our move to DC. So, um, you know, I get tons of comments and just relationships and Zach and I did long distance for a while and I've moved a lot. And I like to share the behind the scenes of my business and hiring people on and, you know, all of that type of stuff. So I think it's kind of a mixture, but hopefully just like more body love and more food confidence. Yeah. And I think you do a really good job too of, like you said, bringing in the balance of like, cause you even said like, you don't eat perfectly, but I almost feel like 
perfect eating isn't even like, it shouldn't be the goal when it comes to like food freedom of like, you know, being able to maybe even have days, like you said, where body image thoughts aren't great, or even like food thought, like you're noticing like food guilt or things come up. But I think that helps to show that like dietitians and even any other health professionals, like we're human too. Like we may have bad days and, and that's good. Like, I think that can be freeing for people, for Instagram followers, for clients to see, gosh, especially on Instagram, because I feel like so many people you see, it's like this perfect, like edited, like their life looks amazing. <laughs> and so it's good. I think it's good for people to see like the other side. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your business. I would love to hear about that too, because I think something that's so cool about you is you do like, you're so passionate about helping women find food freedom and, you know, through your program and even through your Instagram, but you're also so passionate about like the business side of things. And even you mentioned if what is it called dietitian entrepreneurs? Is that? Yeah. Dietitian yes. Academy. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think that's so cool that you're like passionate about both sides of like passionate about dietitians as well as like helping people find food freedom. So I would love to hear more just kind of about your business. And even because I know we have dietitians that listen as well. Like, I think that could be cool to hear more about. Yeah. I, um, honestly didn't know what Instagram would turn into when I started it. So I had worked in corporate wellness in sales for a while. And that was my history as an RD and had done this as a side hustle for a while. And was telling you before this, I, I finally quit my, you know, great, you know, full-time job last year. Um, and, and, you know, just, yeah, I think for me being able to pass on what I've learned over these three to five years of running my own business, uh, you know, there's a lot of mistakes and I built a program and a community of like-minded entrepreneurs that I wish I had when I was mm -hmm. like, in when I was starting out or when I was in year two, when I was trying to pivot from, you know, the one-to-one -one model to maybe something that could grow and scale. So my program helps, and we didn't learn marketing and sales in school, right? Oh my gosh, so no. <laughs> I kind of use my full-time job experience in sales calls and um, knowing how to get an audience or grow an audience to know, like, and trust you, right? Nobody's going to buy from you if they don't see your face and, you know, know your name and trust what you're telling them and trust that you're living the life that you show as well too. So mm. just like helping dietitians grow in this space. I think there's a, you know, I, I have a really big passion to help more dietitians get into this space. Cause I think a lot of, you know, dietitians struggle with marketing on social media. I, <laughs> it's either they're posting like, recipes or, you know, like stuff that I don't think they have a clear vision of how to create a business, um, and market themselves. So, um, yeah, I'm very passionate about, and I'm launching my 2021 dietitian entrepreneur Academy in two weeks. So we have an amazing group of women. Um, they're trying to take those first key steps in their business or, or, you know, grow and scale. So what platforms put in place, I feel like I was talking to another dietitian about this the other day. Like, I feel like in school and probably even more so in our internship, like we're taught clinical is like what you have to do. And, and even like, I feel like, cause one thing I worked on a lot last year, especially was like 
money mindset stuff of, I feel like as dietitians, we're told like kind of that there's like a ceiling of like, you can only make, you know, 50 K like some arbitrary number. So it's easy to get that stuck in your head too, of like, okay, I guess I shouldn't really have like financial goals. And, and I think one thing for me that has helped me is seeing like, it's not even as much about just like scaling and growing just for the heck of it. It's like, that also like symbolizes to me, women stepping forward and wanting more for themselves, wanting more in their life and their relationship with food. Um, so I think that's really cool that you do that. And I think it's for me trying to have experts like us help even more people. So if I can, you know, have 12, you know, dietitians in my academy, then go serve, you know, a hundred or thousands in the future, more people, that's more people that I trust they're working with as the expert. So at the end of the day, yeah, the money mindset is, is there, but I also think it's almost like, how can we even serve more people? Cause yeah. I, I think it's hard to like find one reputable nutrition advice and two dietitians. And I think some of our, some of our stuff is a little outdated, you know? Um, so to like, that's kind of one of my thoughts into the future too. Like how can we make sure that more people can get their hands on dietitians mm-hmm. and like quality ones? Yeah. I think that's good. Cause yeah, we aren't taught like sales and marketing and even like, I would even argue we aren't even taught new, like, yes, we're taught nutrition, but I feel like some things I had to like relearn after my internship, like I wasn't taught about intuitive eating in school. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I did this whole education and now I also have to relearn all these things or like do more programs. Um, but it's worth it. It's just, it's interesting. I wonder if other career paths are like that. And I apply, I, I talk about the scarcity and abundance mindset in my program with food, because that can be huge with being able to allow foods. And it also is the same with money. I was, you know, raised where we weren't buying everything, but I also felt like, you know, it, it didn't feel like I was like scrambling to always need to save. It was like, okay, how can I like take this money and reinvest it and know that it will be there and like having that confidence too as well. I think the best thing I've ever done is reinvest in myself instead of, and I've also like been really, um, trying to do a capsule wardrobe and just things Mm. like, I don't really like consumption. I miss traveling and like experiences and investing in myself has been the best thing I've ever, ever done. So Uh, I could not agree more. So one thing I like to ask all of our guests at the end of episodes is what your favorite food memory is, because I think, especially thinking about just diets, diet culture, eating disorders, like it, it's easy for that to take the joy out of food, but I think food is so much more than that. And so I, yeah, would love to hear if there's a food memory. I know you're like a huge peanut butter gal, which so am I, I love peanut butter. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to hear a favorite food memory you have. I, yeah, if, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably read my peanut butter journey a few times, but food memory, there are so many, to be honest, because there were so many years that I didn't have memories. It was like, I was always making my own food. And so for me, I yeah journal a lot and I think there's many, but from one of the top two, I would say is like pizza on the beach. We go to the Outer Banks uh-huh. in North Carolina every wow. year, with like my extended family. And we order pizza and just get it delivered to the beach. And we're all, you know, in our bathing suits. And I used to never like 
eat pizza in my bathing suit on the beach, all messy. You know, I would either like wait to eat it at the house or have to cut it up into some, I don't know, sort of things. So being able to just the past few years, just like be in a bathing suit, eating pizza, like love and life, playing games in the sand. Like that's a memory I love. Um, and then I think just like being busier with my business right now, Zach's cooking more. And like the other night he cooked uh, like a pasta with scallops and Mm -hmm. to be able to just like, you know, come down from my office and be like, okay, you know, pasta on a Tuesday and we poured some wine and put some music on and danced. And like, it's those memories that Mm -hmm. you miss out on when, yeah, when people say they're, you know, free when they count macros, I'm like, no, cause you would be like weighing it out. You'd have to like know it was in every part of that recipe. So just the freedom of like a pasta dish with butter and scallops and, you know, just amazingness on a Tuesday, just like the little things, those are going to be the memories you remember on your deathbed. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because I feel like, yeah, that would be, I'm trying to envision that exact experience through like a diet lens and it'd be so stressful because you'd then ask your husband, like, what's all in this? I need to weigh this out. Like there's just so much stress that would come through it. And then it's like the end of the work day. The last thing you want is stress. Like you want to just unwind. Um, also now I'm like, wow, that sounds so good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, well, I'm sure a lot of our audience already follows you because I repost your stuff a lot, but where, and we've said your handle probably several times, but just to repeat it again, where can people find you if they aren't already following you? Also, I have a lot of people that aren't dietitians that mm-hmm. search for me with a C as the second T. Yes. I don't know if you get that, but mm-hmm. yeah, dietitian with two T's. Yes. And then, um, they can, I mean, I hang out on Instagram. I'm on TikTok now. I don't know if you oh, are. Yes. It's very fun. I'm dietitian.deanna. Some, okay. Somehow somebody claimed dietitian Deanna. Ah. Um, but you can find me there. I have a fun little community too. And where else am I? I don't know if you've gone on Clubhouse yet. I'm not on Clubhouse. So yes, but I'm trying to figure that out. I have um, an invite if you want one. <laughs> so TikTok, Instagram, my blog, dietitian.com that I'm working to update this year too. So mm-hmm. yeah, say hi to me at any time. Or if you see me in person, if you're in the DC area, I would love to like to do a meetup sometime, but yeah, that's where you can find me. So fun. Well, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. This was a fun conversation. I know it was so fun. I had a blast. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of food freedom podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at free method nutrition for more inspiring content on food, freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode.